0: you're listening to the generation now podcast generation now podcast (laughs) where we talk all things change and to those who are creating it you can't help the generation you were born into but you can choose to be part of the one that's making a difference and making it now now here's your host pj PJ at the point. point
1: Hey, guys, what's up? My name is Jonathan Cunningham, a.k.a. PJ at the Point, and I'm so pumped and excited that you guys have joined us once again today on the Generation Now podcast. And I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Genevieve. Yeah, that's Genevieve, not Genevieve. I know some of you from around our area might go, oh, like, say Genevieve. No, no uh, V-E at the end. But um, yeah, so Genevieve, can you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning. How are you? Uh, Genevieve Strickland. Mm-hmm. Sorry, interrupting you there. No, no, no,
2: you're good. You're good. Genevieve Strickland. I am the assistant director with the Morgan Nick Foundation.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And so that is one of the reasons why that um, I wanted to have you on the broadcast, because I know that um, for, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, or for those of you that, that don't really know what Generation Now is, um, Generation Now is actually Uh, For me, there's so many things that divide us. You know, everyone's talking about I'm Gen Y, I'm Gen X, I'm Gen Z, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm this, I'm that. And, uh, you know, Presbyterian, Lutheran, like whatever, you know, uh, non-denominational Baptist, you know, if, if I let your denomination out, I don't hate your denomination. Uh, but it's just one of those things, right? That we're always looking for ways that separate us rather than it seems like that unite us. And so for me, generation now is actually anybody who I believe is out here crushing it for the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're working at a church. That doesn't mean that they're a pastor. That actually just means in their daily life, in their daily walk, um, they're just, um, further in the kingdom of heaven. And so I heard about you guys, the, uh, Morgan Nick foundation, Genevieve, and I was like, I got to have them on the show. I have to, like, I don't know when, I don't know where, you know, but I have to make that happen. So um, why don't you just take a couple of seconds if you don't mind and just kind of tell people uh, what exactly the uh, Morgan Nick foundation is like where it came from, how it came about and where we're at, you know, right now with it.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. We appreciate you inviting us on. Um, We are, uh, as you said, the Morgan Nick foundation. We have, been in existence for around 25 years. Um, we started back in 1995 uh, when a six-year-old little girl, Morgan Nick, uh, went out to a ballpark in Alma, Arkansas to watch some friends play baseball. And while she was there, she went just a couple of yards away from her mother uh, with two other children uh, at the ballpark. They were just playing And while they were playing, Morgan was kidnapped a huge investigation took place. It still takes place today, but they have never found Morgan yet. And uh, so it was during that first year that Morgan's mom, Colleen Nick, realized um, that there was not an organization in Arkansas that helped families, worked with families, of missing or abducted children, how beneficial and how helpful that would have been for her and her family. And so she never wanted another family to walk through this road, uh, on this road alone again, um, and really never wanted anyone else to ever have to walk this road again. And so she started the Morgan Nick Foundation. And uh, basically we do three things we have three initiatives. Uh, we work of course with families of missing and abducted children. Uh, we educate, we do a lot of education. We really believe that that's the key. Um, there's power in educating uh, children in on safety and um, and on really anything going on in the world that can affect their safety. And so we do a lot of education. And then we also support uh, laws and bills and things that uh, keep children safe. Um, We actually, just this past October, started uh, working with families of missing adults. So um, that's extremely rare, really. Uh, We're one of, of very few, if any, other organizations in the United States that works with families of missing adults. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with that kind of, uh, scenario, but basically, you know, if you're an adult, you have the right to go missing. Um, you can walk away from, from everyone, you know, and love. And, uh, as an adult, you have the right to do that without question, without acknowledgement, without explanation. But, very rarely do people actually do that. And so most of the time there's, there's some underlying issue that's going on. And unless law enforcement really sees that there is an obvious uh, case for maybe foul play or something like that, they really don't get involved because again, as an adult, you have the right to do that. And so um, realizing that adults don't have a lot of help, a lot of resources, to uh, work towards finding a loved one, finding answers, um, we stepped up and, and answered that call. And so now since uh, this past October, we actually work with those families as well and uh, offer resources and help for them in, in trying to find their loved ones as well. So that's pretty much a short synopsis of, of what we do at the foundation.
1: Yeah, and, and that's actually um, incredible uh, because, you know, one of the things in, you know, Jeff Shaw kind of echoed one of the things that you just said. And I feel like that this is just so um, important for Christians, especially to understand and people in general that don't know Christ. But that doesn't mean that God isn't speaking to them. Right. It's like if you identify right. a situation and you identify a problem uh, and you're like, oh, man, someone should do that. Well, you might be the someone that should do that, right? And so right, and so right. that's one of the things that I love watching is is all these organizations and all all these groups, and what 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 the the theme is is that I saw a need. I knew there was a need, and since no one else was doing anything, I'm gonna do it. And so for me, that's absolutely incredible um to see. and I believe that. You know, people should be taking notes from organizations like yours um, because it's like, uh, you know, even if that's not it's like, well, I'm not really I don't really have a heart for what you guys have a heart for. Right. Like, well, that's not the point. The point is, is that whatever you do have a heart for go and do something. And so I actually, you know, absolutely love that mentality. Um, Let let me ask you this question, though, um, because I know when people, you know, hear kidnapping and they hear uh, the word sex trafficking and and those sort of things. uh, And again, I kind of said this last week, but I really want people to know uh, it it isn't like a bunch of kids always in a shipping crate. Right. Like that's not really always what we're looking at. Um, So could, could you take a couple seconds and just say, hey. This is actually what, you know, sex trafficking or this is what ex- like exploitation looks like in our area. This is what, you know, you said playing a baseball game, a child was kidnapped or, or, or watching baseball, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they weren't alone. It wasn't midnight. It wasn't 1 a.m. walking the streets or anything like that. Right. So can, can you right. take a couple of minutes and just kind of uh, dive a little bit deeper and let people know like what it is um, or what it looks like in your area?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the, I think, biggest misconceptions that we really try to educate on um, with everyone in every community that we can reach and and go into uh, is that sex trafficking, we tend to have this mindset that it looks something like the movie Taken, let's say. Um, You know, I've seen that movie. I remember watching it when it first came out with my husband and uh, it was terrifying. And, and I remember saying like, "Oh, my kids are never going to travel out of this country alone. And um, (laughs) as long as they do that, they'll be safe. You know, that's our mentality really is, is that it's people that are kidnapped and they're taken, like you said, in a shipping crate or something, um, to another country and they're trafficked and that absolutely happens. And I, I don't want to in any way, um, make you think it doesn't happen. Um, but we also have to expand what our vision of trafficking looks like, because there's so many forms and, and ways that trafficking happens, what it looks like in our country here in the U S. And that's what we believe, uh, our education is about is really, um, exploring that, helping people to understand what that really looks like and how that could be happening um, to someone you know in your community right under your nose. And so often the way that that looks is, is kids th- that live alone at home. Um, they sleep in their beds every night. They get up and go to school every day and no one knows that they're being trafficked. So it's happening right in front of us. And our, you know, our, our teachers don't realize that students sitting in their classroom might be being trafficked. Mom and dad don't realize that that kid uh, that they love that's asleep upstairs in their bed might be being trafficked. Or the neighbor down the street might be being trafficked. Um, that's a lot of what it looks like here in the United States, here in, in Arkansas, in Missouri um, all around us. It is in front of us and we don't often see it. Um, trafficking is a $32 billion a year industry. Um, it has an average age of 12 years old. So the average age of someone who this is happening to is 12 and on average, uh, they are involved in sex trafficking for, um, seven to 10 years before they get out. And then often the outcome does not look good. So it is all around us, it's a big business. And if you think about it, um, I can sell you a bag of drugs one time, that's it. I've sold you uh, what I had, I have to go get more to make more money. But I can sell a human being um, 15 times a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year and on average make 60 to $80,000 on that one person. So then when I pull in even more, you know, I'm making a million dollars a year on a small group of of individuals. So it is a huge business. Um, And because it's such a money making business, people find a lot of ways to make it happen. And that's where you know we say we've really got to expand our mindset of what trafficking looks like around us, um, what exploitation looks like around us. Um, you know, you've got to understand that it can be a grandpa trafficking his grandchildren, mom's boyfriend might be trafficking her children, um, a high school boyfriend might be trafficking his girlfriend. Uh, a babysitter might be trafficking the children that she's babysitting, or maybe it's her nieces or nephews or something like along those lines. Um, There's just so many ways that this can can look. There's so many forms that it takes. So we really have to expand our mindset as to uh, what it looks like so that we can see it a little bit better right in front of us. I think the other part of that is that people expect to see this happening in seedy motels on the bad side of town and it just of course it does happen in those places but it also happens in the suburban neighborhood that you live in and you don't realize it um it happens you know in the upscale million dollar houses that people would never suspect something like that to take place so it's all around us, unfortunately, and it, it happens in so many forms, you know, it can be happening at, at the amusement park that you've got your family at, um, and, and you just see a child with what looks like a parent, but they may be making a swap with that child while you're at the amusement park and, and swapping that child to someone else. And, you don't realize it. So there's just so many forms and, and ways that this looks, uh, other than, you know, kidnapped in a, in a shipping crate shipped to another country.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I, that I found most interesting as far as what you were saying is that, um, you, you know, in, in my mind, you know, and I feel like that in a lot of society's mind, you know, this is a a male issue, right? Like it is the males are the ones Mm -hmm. who are purchasing. The males are the ones that are Mm -hmm. selling. And whenever I'm listening to you, I heard she, her more than once on more than Mm -hmm. one occasion. Right. And so that's one of the things that I feel like that, um, you know, why it's so good for us to be, um, you know, just like not only cognizant of, of what's going on, but educated, because if right. you, because if you told me well you know the, you know moms like yeah right <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. I, honestly i i you know i I'd, I'd be like um I, i'm not buying it you know Yeah. but uncle oh okay right, right. male cousin well, maybe you, you know what i'm saying so yeah. so can, can you talk about how um again how th- this isn't a single issue. This isn't like, a oh, well, right. here, here's who to look out for. It looks like this.
2: Well, one of the things that we teach when we educate and, um, you know, last year we were in school systems in Arkansas. Um, we cover the entire state of Arkansas and we Reached face to face, talking with students in various schools, probably close to around forty thousand students. And one of the things that we cover with these kids is the truth about what a predator looks like, because often um, these kids are met with these predators when they're online. So every year in the United States, approximately eight hundred thousand children are reported missing each each year. So eight hundred thousand children let that kind of sink in for a minute almost a million it averages out to about two thousand a day and a lot of that is because they have come in contact with a predator online so an internet predator and that's one of the things that we really try to emphasize is what does that predator look like um most of the time when there's exploitation it is about 86% of the time, it's someone that the child knows. Very rarely is it someone that is a complete stranger. Now, you can look at that two ways. Online, yes, it, it's a complete stranger, often that uh, you know comes in contact and develops this friendship uh, with these kids, but then pretty quickly to the kid, it becomes, becomes someone they know even though to us it still might be a stranger. So we really try to educate what do these predators look like? What's the truth about what someone who might be involved in trafficking looks like? And the truth is it's, it's men and women, both equally. There's just as many women out there that are predators. And um, most of the time when we do this, kids and adults wanna think that it's a man uh, so that is one of the, the misnomers that we try to uh, correct, I guess, is it is women. And um, another one is that they're often old. And on average, a predator is actually young. They're on average 22 years old, and that age is getting younger all the time. So, you know, now we've got men and women They're typically young, not old, which a lot of what we see in the media says that they're old. You know, we tend to see some old man in his basement pretending to be a 12 year old little girl and he's trying to contact another 12 year old little girl. Right. Uh, The truth is it's it's often younger um, and often because maybe they have been um, exploited themselves and now they're being used to either coerce a younger person in, or they're doing it themselves to someone else. So um, so now we've got men and women of a younger age, and they are trafficking and they are soliciting or coercing, sorry, uh, coercing younger kids, younger and younger. So on average, they target kids ages eight years old and up. So pretty much their whole childhood they're a target for something, for someone, some sort of exploitation. So, um, those are the truths about what we know that a predator looks like, um, when they're working in this environment.
1: So let me ask you this question then, um, because one of the things that I'm hearing, uh, over and over and over is the dangers of social media, right? Because, um, Mm -hmm. that's how the contact is happening. Uh, Do you have any advice for parents that are maybe watching this going, you know what, my kids on Snapchat, my kids on Facebook, you know, my kids on Instagram, my kids are on this, uh, but nothing's going to happen to my kids. Right. Right. Um, And especially whenever I'm seeing more and more like younger and younger kids on uh, social media. Uh, you know, that's yeah. one of my concerns. So can can you um, give some parents like either some tips um, on or, yeah, actually, let's just do that. Um, can, can you give some, some tips for parents uh, that, that would say, hey, you know what? Th- these are the things that you need to be looking for. These are the warning signs that if your kid says X or these are the questions that you can ask your kids to make sure that they're actually participating um, in, uh, you know, social media safely.
2: Well... I mean, that varies according to the age, of course, of your kids. Um, The biggest thing that we really try to teach is to talk to your kids as much as possible. You know, repetition is still the best way for anyone to learn. It's repeated over and over and over. That's why we, you know, repeat math in school, but we build on what we learned. We repeat uh, on English, but we build on what we learned. So every year it needs to start young and and be repeated numerous times and then build on that as they get older and add more to it. So repetition is key. You cannot talk to your kids openly and honestly enough. And I think that's one of the things that's really difficult for parents I always kind of liken it to when, uh, you know, there was the discussions back in the eighties and nineties about birth control. And do we talk to our kids about that kind of stuff? We don't want to teach them something that they don't know, or they're not ready for. And I think a lot of times that what that's what happens when it comes to internet, social media use, we don't want to, you know, teach them something that they don't know, or they're not prepared to handle yet. On average, kids are getting cell phones now, their own personal cell phones on average at age five. And that gets younger all the time. So we're handing them a smartphone because if we hand down a phone, most people don't have flip phones anymore or slide phones. So they're handing down an older generation smartphone. So it's got internet, it's got the access to all of that stuff. So at age five, we're handing them this smartphone, which by the way, is the same technology times six. It's six greater the technology than what it took us to get to the moon. And we're putting this in the hands of five-year-olds, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds. But we're not really equipping them with all of the dangers, all of the things that the do's and the don'ts, what they might come in contact with. So, education is really key in repeating that education over and over and over. The other thing we talk a lot about is um, we want to not only educate them uh, with, with the, what can happen, but also how to handle it. So, for every problem that we present, you know, this could happen. We want to give them a way out of it. So if this happens, how do you handle it? This is what you, you can do. This is what you should do. Uh, and we want to talk really openly with them about it. You know, if you remember being a kid, you're terrified of your parents finding stuff out. You, you're trying really hard to keep things from them because you don't know their reaction or because you do know their reaction is not going to be good. And so, um, you know, you don't want them to know things and We want parents to have open conversations, you know, talk to them openly about what's going on, what they might be seeing from other kids, what they might be seeing on social media. Uh, Why is it dangerous? Why? What should you do? What do you think about that? How do you think it should be handled? Um, You know, if you're going to flip out, then your kids probably aren't going to share things with you. They're not going to be open and honest, and then you can't equip them with how to handle those situations. So um, that's, you know, the next thing is, is we wanna be honest and open and allow them to tell us stuff so that we can equip them with what to do and and how to handle it. So those are some of our big keys. The others are um, get on these apps yourself, understand how they work. A lot of times we get parents who say, I can barely use my phone to make a phone call. I can't, you know, I can't do all this other stuff. I don't understand it. It's not my generation. Okay. Then learn your kids will teach you. They'll help you. That's the great thing about kids. They love to feel like they can help educate you that they know something that maybe you don't. And they love to talk to you about it. They aren't, uh, I hate to say it like this, they're not really smart enough to think ahead to say, "Oh, I probably shouldn't tell mom how this works." Right. Because then she's going to be on it, you know. Maybe some older kids eventually get to that point, but for the most part, most kids are really happy to help educate you and help you learn how it works and what to do and and they'll show you and they'll talk to you about it. So Educate yourself with how your phone works, how the app works, how the internet works, and um, be on there and look at your kid's stuff. See what they're doing. Who are they talking to? Make sure that their settings are set to private. And, um, you know, there's so much of this, well, I don't want to invade my kid's privacy. Yet we say kids are not ready to make adult decisions until at least eighteen. They can't join the army. They can't vote. You know, they can't drink until they're 21. They can't smoke till at least 18 now. There's all these things that say at least 18. And then science even goes beyond that and says their brains aren't even really fully developed until 25 or 30. Um, Yet we want to say a 12-year-old can make these adult decisions by themselves, and we should let them have their privacy to do it so you know there's nothing wrong with being a parent that says i want to make sure my child's safe i want to know what they're doing and who they're talking to and that um they're not doing things that put them in danger and and looking at their stuff and checking on them we do that with everything else yet for some reason we're concerned about their privacy when it comes to phones and internet and apps and social media. So see what they're doing. Be on top of it. Be aware.
1: Yeah. So it sounded to me like intentionality is like a very important thing for, um, you know, parents to remember. And one of the things that I always recommend parents, um, do, even though I'm not a parent, I'm a student pastor. So, you know, whenever a parent's like, Oh, I got a kid, you know, and he's just (laughs) taking up, I'm like, I have like 60 of them, you know, and whenever they have issues, like I get the same text, you know, I, I know it isn't quite the same, but at the same time, if I right. get one 60th of a kid, right? And I have 60, well, then guess what? Well, I, that that's equal to one. Uh, so, that, so that's the way that I look at it. But um, for me, I'm, I'm like, hey, don't look to punish, right? Like, like, so, like so often I, I hear kids and students um, are afraid of the punishment. Right. Because they don't see that. Oh, my mom or my dad is helping me to be a better person. They see the punishment. Right. That they're going to be right. uh, punished for this. And so I think it's important for, um, you know, parents, if you're watching, hey, you know, explain why. Like, don't be looking to get your kid in trouble. Be be looking about how you can actually help your kid get to the next level as far as maturity, understanding and mm-hmm. use these opportunities as you know, like literally learning opportunities and experiences rather than go to your room and think about what you've done. Right. And it's like, what are they going to think about if they did wrong yeah. and they don't know what's better or or they don't know why, except for, oh, well, I shouldn't have done that because my mom said not. Oh, well, because there might be somebody who's trying to kidnap me. Right. That Changes right. the the uh, perspective on what's being said. Um, it was also very interesting, though, that um, you know, g- going back to what you said before, eight hundred thousand, right? So, sorry to hop back. I, I, I'm 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 writing notes here, and I'm going eight hundred thousand. Like that is a crazy number, you know, because yeah. I probably see through Facebook maybe a hundred missing. Now I know that you guys do that really well. And so that's why I want to segue into, um, also I probably see about a hundred missing, you know, because you see the memes, right? Right. Uh, to think that I'm seeing a hundred out of 800,000 is insane yeah. to me. Um, and so then, I mean, you
2: multiply that by 52 states. Oh, so and- it's
1: 800,000 in Arkansas no 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 that's
2: that's but i'm saying a hundred you know what you see is a hundred and we've still got all these other states so i'm assuming most of what you see is in your area your state so you think about that many more states it kind of puts it into a little bit more of a perspective but it's an astronomical number
1: yeah that's 20 times larger than our area
2: yeah, one is an astronomical number. There should be none. Um, And I think a lot of times maybe maybe part of that explanation for kids, I think you're, I agree with you 100%, like explain it to them. Why is this dangerous? What are we worried about? What is it that's concerning? Because I think we get kids who feel safe behind a screen. They're sitting in their house. They're you know, their parents are around, they're behind a screen. So what's so dangerous? Um, I think we have to think a little bit more the way that child would think. And of course, some of that comes into play with how old are they? You know, what they think, a lot of that's going to come from their age, for one. So, you know, a a six or seven year old that has a Facebook page, which most of them do now, um, that I say, how many friends do you have on your Facebook page? And they say, you know, a thousand. If I ask them, are you friends with all of them? You know, all of them they'll say, yeah, we know probably that's not the case. They probably aren't really. So why do they think they are? Well, their mentality for their age is basically probably if, if they're friends with someone they know, then that makes them okay, which, which means they're friends with them too. So Johnny here, how do you know him? Oh, well, he's my uh, sister's boyfriend's cousin's friend. And do you know him personally? No, but because he's got this string of people that he does know personally that they're okay. That makes that person a friend and okay. So you kind of have to use that mentality thinking too. Um, to talk to kids and to explain to them, like you said, what what are we concerned about? Are we concerned uh, about Johnny? Well, maybe not about him in particularly, but here's the problem, the more people that you get that are your friends with on your page that you don't know, you're just exposing yourself and ways to connect to you um, in a greater way to total strangers. Uh, a lot of kids, a lot of adults don't realize that I can get tons of personal information from you just because you're online, just because you post something. I can go in and find information out about you. I can find out your name, your address, where you live, um, your birth date, the birth date and the cell phone numbers of everyone who lives at that address. So I pretty much can get all your personal information just because you're online and you post things. Um, You don't even have to tell me all of it. Well, kids don't realize that. They feel like, you know, well, if I'm not telling this person all of this stuff, then I'm safe here at my house behind my screen. And it's just not the case. So yeah, that explanation can go a long way. And, you know, the other part of that is I think often Um, a lot of people don't even realize how a lot of this stuff works. How are these kids getting caught up in this stuff? How, how is it that we have 800,000 kids reported missing each year? And it's associated a lot with what they're doing online. Why is that? What, what is that connection? Well, the connection is that they are meeting internet predators. They're becoming friends with them. They're, developing these relationships with them online. And oftentimes then they end up being coerced to either uh, go somewhere to meet that person, to run away to go somewhere to that person, uh, to share inappropriate photos with that person and then possibly be blackmailed um, by those photos. So there's all these you know, different formats and ways that, that these kids can be harmed and damaged. Uh, online and through social media but are we you know making sure they understand that are they getting you know why this is dangerous to do or why we're concerned
1: yeah so normalizing the conversation right like right. literally making it to where I'm I'm not being intrusive this is just what we do like this is this our part it. of our life now right And so now on a regular basis, you're checking in and it's not like that you're just snooping around or doing, it's like, no, I'm, I'm literally protecting you. Right. Like, like that, that, that's my job. That that's what I'm going to do. And so I actually love that thought process of, Hey, let's just have these conversations all the time. Let's not have this conversation once or like once every nine months. So it's like, okay, well that's (laughs) our check to do list. Right. But it's more of a, Hey, you know what we do as a family? We protect each other. You know, with my that's students, right. uh, we're, I say we're the point family, right? The, the point is the student ministry that I'm ahead of. So guess what? We eat together. We pray together. You know, we do the things that we go see movies together, right? We do things right. that families do together. And I think that if as families, if we'd set the precedent, you know what we do? We talk about social media together. We uh, talk about these dangers or those dangers. And, like, literally, that's just what we do. Like, there's no... Yeah you know, oh, this one particular instance prompted that, therefore there's a punishment on the other side of it, right? It's just more of a, this is what we do. Uh, yeah, this is
2: education. This is like any other education that you get. This is being able to understand. We never go in saying, hey, we're here to tell you, get off the internet, get off these apps, you'll be safe, right? Right. That's not realistic. The internet's a great tool. It just needs to be used properly and you need to understand the dangers. It's like anything else. It's like driving a car. You need to understand the dangers. It's a great tool. It's something we all need and we use, but you also learn to handle it with care. You learn, you know, you get educated, you take a test, you understand, you know, how it works and what the laws are before you get out and use it frequently. So it's the same kind of thing before you're using these apps and this internet and and you're on social media, understand how it really works and understand what it does and how could it put you or someone else in danger. And um, it's just another education process for a tool that we use. It's a great tool, but it needs to be used properly. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who don't use it properly. They use it for evil. They use it you know, to harm people. And we don't want that to happen to anyone. So education is the way you keep it from happening.
1: So would you have a a quick suggestion for a um, parent to, hey, this is how you can start that conversation tonight. Watch this. Now you're done. Okay, cool. Go and have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Would there be like any particular lead-ins or something like that, that um, Because you know you obviously as a parent don't want to be all panicked like oh give me your phone now I need to go see if there's any <laughs> yeah. like you know I'll, I'm gonna check and see if there's any predators on here blah blah yeah. you, you know what I'm saying get rid of this get
2: rid of that right know, yeah off
1: of this yeah yeah because yeah. I see um, that a lot so if, so if you could just take a second yeah. and be like hey here's a a walk in or how to introduce this
2: yeah because a lot of times you know all of the things that we've talked about here and and often when we go in and do education. um, there's a very panicked look on faces of parents and adults, and they're wow. shocked by everything they learn about what's going on out there. And so we always say, look, our, our goal is not to scare you. It's not to terrify you. It's not to terrify your kids. That's never our goal. We don't want to instill fear. We want to instill power. We want you to feel empowered by what we're telling you. And so a lot of times, you know, when I go in with, kids, um, I start a conversation with, you know, what are your favorite things you do online? I know you're online a lot. The average kid spends 12 to 14 hours a day in front of a screen, 12 to 14 hours. That's crazy. It has now, it is crazy. It has taken the place of sleep in a teenager's priority list. You know, when I was a kid, which granted was a long time ago, a teenager my friends would sleep on Saturday until three in the afternoon sleep was the priority. That's no longer the case. A screen is the priority. So your kids are online, uh, all day at school because everyone's using computers now at school. Um, they are online, um, with phones in a screen. They're online. If they're using a gaming system, they're online. A lot, And maybe your kid's not online 12 hours a day, but they're online at least six or seven, even if they do nothing else at home, because at school they're online, they're in front of a screen. So they're getting a ton of that screen time. So ask them, what do you do when you get online? What's your favorite apps? Why do you like them? Um, is there anything about those that scare you? Do you see things on there that concern you or you're not sure about or you know, if they talk to you, listen in the car when you're driving and you've got your kids and maybe they're friends with you, listen to their conversations. And then later, you know, talk about that very calmly. Like, well, I heard, you know, Johnny talking about uh, this app and that he was talking to a guy that he met on there. And what do you think about that? You know, do you ever do that? And, and is that ever a concern to you? Does it scare you or, You know, do you feel safe doing that? And, you know, why might that not be safe? What, you know, what do you think we should do to maybe be safer? Uh, I know you want to play your live video games and and you get in these groups to play, but how do you think we could do that a little safer? Because, you know, that's concerning to me and here's why. And what do you think about that? Um, Just those casual ways to introduce it. Uh, even, you know, hey, I listened to a podcast today and they talked about some things that um, kids should do to be safer online or um, that should be maybe a concern to all of us who use the internet. Uh, This is what I learned. Did you know any of this? What do you think about that? Um, Just those very casual ways to introduce it where you're not you know, jumping on them. (laughs) You're not like, like you said, give me your phone. We're getting rid of all this stuff. Right. Um, Just those casual conversations that lead in and you build on them and, and then hopefully eventually they'll tell you something the next day and you build on that and, and, you, you know, talk about that. Well, is that scary to you? What do you, you know, I heard that somebody sent a sexting picture at school. Really? Well, what did you think about that? Did you know about that before? Uh, do you know what that even is? Um, did you know there are laws about that? Do you know what those laws are um, and and how you could get in trouble for that and why you would get in trouble for that? You know, very calm conversations as opposed to that panicked like, Oh my gosh, you better not ever do that. I'll kill you. You know, I'll take your phone away. And <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> you're never going to be on online again. If I ever find out, you know, right. That's probably not the best scenario. And and you're may not talk to you about it
1: again. Right. If that's what you do. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And, and I know, I mean, I'm a parent, I've got three children, mine are grown. And um, I often say I'm thankful that we have not lived in this generation of electronics uh, when I had young kids and teenagers, because it is a lot a lot for parents and I know it is. And that's one of the reasons that we want to help them. We want to empower and educate them and their kids because it is a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to worry about. It's a lot to teach your kids. And so we wanna be that support system um, and help do that and help keep them safe. So yeah, just bring those conversations up as much and as often as you can. I know Colleen has said numerous times and I agree a hundred percent. Sometimes the best conversations you can have with your kid are in a car. Yeah. When you're driving somewhere, they are kind of stuck. <laughs> they can't really, you know, take off to their room or something. Um, but you also aren't eye to eye with each other. And I think sometimes that helps too, because then you can, you know, sometimes that looking at your parent when you're a, 12 year old or 14 year old is the 36. worst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It never ends. Right, you know? right. So, so being able to just kind of look straight ahead and not have that embarrassment factor, um, that can be really helpful too. So in the car is a great time to have some of those conversations and if they're in the back seat and you're in the front, it even helps that, you know, embarrassment factor a little more. And, uh, it's a good time to bring things up and to talk about things and, and discuss some of these harder topics.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm hearing like formal sit downs for the most part, throw them out the window, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, the formal we'll sit down that, that, that some of you might initially thought that you're going to have after you get done watching this. Okay, let's throw that out the window. Let's be a little yeah. bit more um, like strategic in what we're doing because we want to be effective. We don't want to, again, yeah. have them scared or, you know, upset or no longer want to communicate with us. What we really want to do is educate right. them, normalize it, and then let them know that, hey, the reason why I'm doing this is because I love you, not because I'm a terrible parent and Absolutely. a jerk and, you know, it's super strict. Um, let's, yeah, I'm not trying to find out the dirt so I can cut you off all this. Right. Right. Right.
2: I'm just trying to protect you and make sure you understand how it all works and what it looks like, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I absolutely love that thought process. And I feel like that that's what should be first. And with a lot of parents, adults, that's not the first way that we're going to approach it because let's be honest, like that's not how we were approached, right? Like, like Um, further and further back you go, the more and more, this is what you're going to do, and this is why you're going to do it. Yeah. And, and it's like, society's right. changed, right? The world has changed, so we can't parent the same way yeah. that we used to because the kids aren't the same um, as they used to be. And um, so what, what I want to do is is talk about specifically the, uh, the the Morgan Nick Foundation because I feel like that it's an incredible organization. And one of the things that I've noticed is on, on your Facebook page, uh, going back to kind of that 800,000, right, uh, you guys are constantly sharing right? Like, uh, people that are missing and that sort of thing. So could, could you take a couple of minutes one to tell people where, uh, they can find your Facebook page at. And then also your Facebook page is missional. I can tell, and I can see it. So if you can also explain the mission behind, not just the foundation, but the actual Facebook page and what you guys are doing to bring awareness.
2: Yeah, we are on, um, all pretty well, I say all social media we're on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we are uh, Morgan Nick Foundation. And uh, on our Facebook page is just Morgan Nick. Uh, And then our website is Morgan Nick Foundation. And so you can look up both of those um, on all three of those social media sites as well. Um, Our goal is we try to, to mix Uh, with our social media a lot of education as well as uh, we do a lot of missing posters uh, for kids and adults that are missing that are uh, sometimes they're in danger sometimes they're not Um, sometimes they're listed specifically as runaways sometimes they're not Um, and one of the things you know I'd love to really talk about is is a runaway Uh, A lot of times they get eh, there's a little bit of a looseness to the conversation. When we say a runaway, people want to kind of blow that off. It's not a big deal. Uh, Oh, they just ran away. They'll be back. So we don't really need to be that concerned. You know, what you just said struck me. It's a different era. It's a different generation. We're in different times. Kids are raised in a different world now than maybe what a parent raised in the seventies or even eighties, the way that they were raised in the time period they were raised because of the internet and because of social media, things are different for kids now. And because of those things, kids are in a lot of danger. So runaways in particularly are in a lot of danger. You know, Back when I was a kid in the seventies and early eighties, um, had a kid that ran away oftentimes police would say ah they just got mad at mom and dad give them a day or two they'll be back it's no worries and oftentimes that was the case today though it's a lot more concerning Uh, often within three days of a child running away they are exploited sexually uh often trafficked and so it's a very scary scenario on the streets for a child who has run away. Um, They are immediately uh, hit up by someone else who is looking to exploit them. You know, they often have no food, no shelter, no money. So they're only going to be out there for a couple of days before they feel desperation. And they're willing to do whatever they think they need to do to get food or shelter, and there are plenty of people out there who are willing to exploit them to give them that, to help them. So it's a very different scenario. Uh, more than two million teens, kids, run away every year in the U.S., and approximately 5,000 of them die on the streets every year, it's 5,000 very needless deaths that that shouldn't happen and don't need to happen. So. You know, oftentimes we'll see on social media, oh, they're just a runaway. Oh, they've run away multiple times. It's not a big deal. We don't need to be concerned about that kid. Um, but we do. It's very concerning because it's a different world and they are in a lot of danger very quickly. So we run a lot of posters for missing uh, kids. Uh, like I said, some are runaways, some are not. Um, a lot of times too, when we think of a kid who has away. Uh, they're actually being coerced away they've met that predator online who has um, manipulated them brainwashed them coerced them to leave and come to them or to meet you know come somewhere for them um, again to be exploited and and abused and so uh, those are the primary things that we do on our social media and then we like I said we try to mix that in with uh, some education some current, stories maybe about um, things that are important to our organization, such as human trafficking, exploitation, you know, abuse, that kind of thing. Um, so it's a little bit of a mix of all of that.
1: Well, and and like, that's one of the things that I, um, you know, absolutely love about your foundation is because you're not about fear solely, right? It, it isn't like, oh, all we're going to no. do is talk about all this stuff that's going to scare <laughs> you into doing this. It's like, no, 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 no. We're gonna educate you, and then we're gonna help you take steps to protect yourself. But then you're gonna feel empowered, as much if not more than you know. Oh well, now you're afraid. Now, now go and you know lock up your kids' cell phones and lock yes. all the doors, and yes. they're never going to a baseball game again because I heard you know. Yeah, and I absolutely. Yeah, and and so for me, our goal is
2: educate, educate, educate. Be empowered. Don't don't thrive on fear. Drive on power. You can. You have the power to change this. You have the power to change the world.
1: Yeah, and with I, what you do, man. And so, and I preach that all the time. That's why it, so, it gets me so excited whenever I'm hearing you <laughs> say that because I'm like, yes, that's exactly um, you know, my thought process in that also. And, um, so, so you guys have recently are, I don't know how recent, but I have a video that I want to play that I believe is about okay. the, uh, some expansion that you guys are, um, experiencing also as an organization, right?
2: Yeah. This was from October when we expanded our, not only our facility, but also, um, our personnel, we were able, you know, we were a two or three man organization, for 24 years and it's just been since October that we've been able to expand to 10 or 11 now. And so we expanded our facility as well. And um, that's when we started doing the adult missing cases. So yeah, that's what you're-
1: Yeah, praise God, right? Amen, yes. And new tonight,
2: the Morgan Nick Foundation is adding seven more people to its staff. The foundation was founded after the disappearance of Morgan Nick from an alma baseball field back in 1995. Morgan was never found. Her mother, Colleen, says that for 24 years they've worked with the families of missing kids and police to solve disappearance cases. Now with 10 women on the staff, they plan to help more families of
0: adults as well. As word has been getting out that we are also now actively serving families of missing adults, we've had several calls come in just today from families who've never had help and have never had a resource who realized they could call here and get help and we've been able to begin to assist those families today. She says they're also expanding education in the community. They had one educator on staff. They just added two more.
1: She says their educator spoke with 40,000 students on abduction and abuse prevention last year. They hope to double that number this year. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible what you guys have uh, going on and I, and and I, and I love it. And I, and I see, again, the uh, the momentum to me and as far as like seeing the expansion is no surprise because of how you guys have been grinding it out. And one of the things that I love is that you said that you were a, a four person organization for 24 uh, years. Two or three. Yeah. It's pretty,
2: it's been pretty small. Yeah.
1: But out yeah, here, so. absolutely crushing it with what you have. Right. I mean, and that's the thing that I <laughs> love about to. it. Yeah. Because I see it,
2: yeah. Colleen has had uh, an amazing drive and um, amazing leadership skills and ability to take that and do some pretty amazing things with with what she she has. And she's worked very hard, I think, for the state of Arkansas to um, keep kids safe. I mean, that's definitely 100% her goal and priority is I never want another family to walk the path that I've had to walk and I want them to be safe. I want them to never have to, to know what that feels like. So she's done an amazing job with, with what resources she can get. So
1: Well, and the thing that's incredible about that is so so oftentimes I hear people go, Oh, well, it's just me. Like God, like God, what, 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 what if if the movement that I have in my heart is like two people, you know, what, 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 what if it, what if it's three people? you know like then what i must be failing if one of them's
2: god then that's right i know
1: you, i know it's all you need so and, and so i'm so i'm listening to this going man this has been a grind you guys have done some incredible awesome amazing things not a huge staff But again, at the end of ourselves is where God can come in and like really do the amazing work right through us. And so that's the thing um, that I really love about this um, organization is how real and, um, you know, like how, how genuine it is as far as how it came about. The uh, real practical education and what you guys are doing to help other people combat what you say that you're against rather than just, oh, I'm against that, right? Because in society today, we're so quick to talk about, uh, you know, hashtag save the children, Well, but they don't know any. They may not know a single organization that is actually doing something on the front lines. So, one of the things that I uh, feel like is very important for me to do whenever I'm speaking to someone like you in your, um, you know, position one to say, man, I just want you to know that it's inspirational to me, and I absolutely love it. Um, But the second one is if somebody wants to uh, get involved right? Like say they want to, you know, do something from their own area and they're like, man, I would love to help. Uh, so can, can you give them an idea as far as where they can go to get connected as far as to help, to donate, to what, like whatever you guys are needing or thinking, you know, someone could do remotely? Sure.
2: Go to our, uh, website, morganmickfoundation.com. Um, we've got lots of, of information from, everything from education to, um, donation, uh, whatever you want to do, you can reach out to us. If you, uh, have questions or, um, you know, have, have, have needs that, that you know of, of a family, we are an Arkansas organization, but we will talk to anybody. We're not going to, uh, dismiss anybody. We will try to do what we can to, to answer questions and help anybody so um there's a a uh, email on there on that website that you can email us with anything um and again there's there's information on there and we'll do our best to help in any way that we can
1: yeah because well one of the things that i really think that as the church we need to do better job of is instead of telling everybody um what we're against is uh promotion of and telling other people about who is doing the things that we are against to help the situation rather than just complain about the situation and that's the reason why that it's been on my heart uh especially lately to be like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take you know my little voice that i have you know as far as like reach and go hey these are people that are actually doing something about what you're complaining about like yes whenever we bring it to light that's good and all but if we're not doing anything to help, you know, we're we're just sharing Facebook memes and that becomes an activist. I'm like, no, let's actually either one do something on our own or two invest in someone who is doing it. And then Yeah, allow- I think it's
2: hard. We feel like we don't as that one little person, we don't make much of an impact or a difference. It's just when you add up all of those people, you know, um I mean, that's That's our goal is to add up all those people. We want to utilize the best resources around. So if there's somebody, an organization, a nonprofit that whoever does, you know, this scenario really well, uh, we don't need to do that. We don't need to recreate that. We just need to go to them and say, hey, we want to partner with you. And when we have that situation arise, we want to bring it to you and let you deal with it because um, you do it really well. And, you know, it's, it's the adding of all of those things together that makes that one little person do a lot. You know, it's, you don't have to do it all. You just have to find the people who do the parts of it and put it all together. And that's what our goal is. You know, we can't do it all. Uh, we're not equipped to do it all, but we're trying to find the other resources and people and organizations that we can stand with to help. You know, our goal is to stand with law enforcement to help them with these cases, to help educate them when we can. Our goal is to find, you know, those organizations that do the other parts of it that we need. So, yeah, yeah even when you feel like, well, I can't do it. I'm just one little person and what I'm doing isn't enough. It's enough when you reach out and find the other people to fill in those, those voids and those uh, parts that you don't have. And, And that's really the goal is just, you know, connect with the other pieces and make it work. It doesn't have to be all one person. And that's kind of what our motto is, is, We're just trying to find the people to help us make it all work.
1: Yeah, that's actually awesome because, I mean, the Bible literally says that we're not called to do everything alone, right? There's hands and feet. There's hands and feet. We all need the hands and feet in every single um, thing that we do. Um, So I want to be very respectful of your time. So I'm about to let you um, get out of here. But let me ask you one question. Um sure. if, if if there's something that I haven't covered or if we've covered pretty much everything uh can you give some either something that that you felt like that you really needed to say that I didn't cover or um just to give some encouragement to um you know people in general there's any like last thoughts or words that that you want to leave the people with uh this is that moment
2: Uh we did good I think on covering uh at least bits and pieces of most things um Yeah, my encouragement would just be to um, get out there and educate yourself, not not just as a parent, but as a person uh, in society. Educate yourself on what's going on in the world when it comes to kids and their safety and understand what things look like, how they really work, um, what's really going on. It's one thing to hear about situations and stories on the news, and on you know great things like this podcast uh but go beyond that and really understand what does this really look like and what do we need to be doing in society to make it better what what can i do what's my even small role to make it better that small role can just be to educate yourself and understand what is actually going on and what it's looking like uh in reality because one of the, the biggest hindrances out there for anything um but definitely in the world of keeping our kids safe is uh, misconception misunderstanding um those are a huge hindrance in in keeping our children safe and in the work that organizations do to try to keep them safe um so learn and understand what the truth is, what is it really, what's really happening, what does it really look like, what do we really need to do and what do we really need to focus on. Um, Don't let that education just come from some social media, hashtags, some news stories here and there, really understand for yourself what, what things really look like.
0: Thanks for listening to the Generation Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or find us on any major streaming platform. If you'd like further information on how to be part of Generation Now, just search PJ at the Point on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter for more information. Until next time, go and be the generation that makes a difference and does it right now.